Coming down inside the final furlong. Light, light, impressive here. Now in front by six. Rachel Alexander, Kevin Morales, and moving up. That's the lever. She's going to destroy this field. Oh, super Philly. You bet. What's the final margin? She went over by 20. Wide left continues a dramatic run. And Amy Jewel, Amy Jewel digs down. Wide left, here's the wire. Photo finish. And it's going to be Monomoy Girl in the Kentucky Oaks as they come down to the line. Serengeti Empress has taken the Kentucky Oaks. Welcome to the 2020 Kentucky Oaks Seminar presented by the Auxiliary Gate Podcast. And now, here are your hosts, C.C. Broadus, Alan Schneider, and Brandon Jaggers. Some of the greatest three-year-old fillies to ever look through a bridle have added the Kentucky Oaks to their mantle of trophies dating back to legends such as Cicada, Susan's Girl, Devona Dale, Goodbye Halo, Light Light, Silver Bullet Day, Rags to Riches, Rachel Alexandra, Monomoy Girl, and let's not forget about last year's long shot winner, Serengeti Empress. This year, a field of nine of the best fillies in the country will saddle up to add their name to the 145 previous champions of this historic race. Headlined by the multiple stakes winner, Swiss Skydiver, coming off a win in the 10 furlong grade one Alabama stakes at Saratoga last time. Gamine, billed as the next big thing for, from the Bob Baffert barn. And an upset-minded filly from the West Coast named Speech. Hello, I'm CC Broadus, joined by my partners in crime, Alan Schneider and Brandon Jaggers. And we'll examine the facts and try to conclude a winner in this year's edition of the Kentucky Oaks. Alan, Brandon, welcome to the program. Do either of you guys have uh, any memorable Kentucky Oaks moments that you'd like to share with us? Oh, wow. I, I mean, the Oaks, I live in Louisville. The, the Oaks is always a thing around here for people who live in other states. I mean, here in Louisville, we love going to the Kentucky Oaks. Of course, it got kind of zapped this year, but, and I've spent many a day in the Oaks infield. I prefer the Oaks infield. Everybody has their own, their own deal, but there's a, a so much fun out there. And I've, probably been there 15 20 years now and cc's been there a lot of them with me um the one that comes to mind obviously is one a lot of people are going to say rachel alexandra when uh she won uh several years ago and just drew off in a stretch and won by the it felt like the length of the stretch i think there was 19 lengths is that my right my right cc is that what the, the final yeah, total nine, was? 19 20 something like that yeah, that was that was chilling. I remember a few others, uh, Shadow, Secret Status, come to mind off the top of my head. Um, but I'd be uh, Silver Bullet Day, as you mentioned earlier. But the one that comes uh, closest to being a, a fantastic memory is obviously is Rachel Alexander. That was just breathtaking watching her on the turn. Brandon, yeah, I you know definitely the Friday. I, I would say probably early two thousands, late maybe two thousand. 13, 14, and early, you know, that Friday Oaks Day was like Louisville's Derby Day. And so, just like Alan said, um, you know, from the ones that I've, I've been there to see, you know, Monomoy Girl and Serengeti Empress were, were a lot of fun to watch that, at those Fridays there. And uh, I think the weather was both nice. I remember uh, Serengeti's Day was really nice just last year. Uh, Monomoy Girl, you know, took a long layoff. Uh, and it's coming back, and we'll get to see her this week. It's an action-packed week. I, I love the cards that Churchill's putting on, uh, uh, especially later afternoons. I mean, the pick four and pick fives will be awesome. But, I, you know, Rachel Alexander, like Alan said, uh, Abel Tasman, I really I remember that, that race quite a bit with Mike Smith. 
and then Monomoy Girl, and then I still remember Plum Pretty. But yeah. then after that, I, I kind of get a little. Uh, I don't. I don't recall that all that many because I don't think I went to all those uh, in between. But it's it, it used to be a great time, and I, th- I guess Louisville's day now is Thurby. But uh, I tell you, just this week, you get kind of a fifty-fifty sense of, you know, it is Derby week, but the other time it's like it's September, so it just feels pretty far off. Well, without further ado, let's dive right into this year's Kentucky Oaks field. There's only a field of nine. Uh, we want to point out that this is a nine furlong race. It's a grade one. It's got a purse of $1.25 million. And these are the, the it's a probably the best group of fillies we've seen probably since maybe the year that Princess of Silmar defeated Beholder. And that mm-hmm. was, uh, that was a loaded group. Um, Princess of Silmar was a, a big long shot that year, and she turned out to be a really, really nice filly later on that summer. But uh, let's – we're going to go into this uh, race horse by horse, and I want, want your guys' thoughts. And at the end, we're going to put our uh, put our heads together and maybe come up with some wagers on uh, on how to crush the Kentucky Oaks. So from the rail out, horse number one is Swiss Skydiver. She's 8-5 to five on the morning line, trained by Kim McPeak. This is a daughter of Daredevil. Ridden by Tyler Gaffleone. She comes off a, a rousing victory in the Alabama Stakes, going 10 furlongs, and she turns back to the nine furlongs of the Kentucky Oaks. Probably the most accomplished filly in the field. Alan, you lead us off. What are your thoughts on Swiss Skydiver? Well, first up, you said the horse is turning back in the Kentucky Oaks. Has that ever happened? I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, to go from mile and a quarter to mile and eight. Um, this horse is, is fantastic. Like you said, it's the most accomplished in the field. Uh, actually, Ken McPeak is thinking Preakness with this horse. If um, she does what he thinks she'll do here, the only blemish on this on this uh, horse's mark is the second place finish against males in the bluegrass, against the very unfortunate art collector, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. Um, but she was dazzling last time going a mile and a quarter. Ears pricked. Look like a monster coming down a stretch. She is going to be very, very tough to beat. The rail does not bother me like it might some people here. I think she's going to get the, the trip because uh, I think Amin will clear off. I believe this horse is the one to beat. I know there's a possibility of a bounce, but uh, I was hoping to get two to one, five to two morning line on Swiss Skydiver, but the more I think about it, eight to five sounds solid. Brandon. Yeah, I would think that this horse is, you're probably going to be even money. Uh, everybody's going to be hammering that exacta uh, to another great runner in here. I mean, Swiss is definitely my A+. Plus. Uh, it, it's, you, you don't have to go far. I, I just wish I was the one that bought her for 35000 Yeah, you're talking about a profit there. Yeah, wow. Gosh. Okay, number two, a long shot is Tempers Rising. At 50 to 1 on the morning line, trained by Dallas Stewart, ridden by Julian Leperu. Tempers Rising comes off a second place finish at Ellis Park going the one and a half turn mile. In an allowance race, she was beaten that day by Jewel Princess, who was also trained by Kim McPeak. Uh, Jewel Princess, prior to that, had just broken her maiden, though, for 50,000 at Keeneland. The, the Philly has hit the board five, seven, eight times out of 10 starts. However, her speed figures are well below the best of these. But let's not forget Dallas Stewart won the Kentucky Oaks several years ago with a filly named Lemons Forever 
and she was 50 to one. Alan, what are your thoughts on tempers rising? You got to admire the consistency with this horse. Uh, always makes a run, never quite gets there. A Julian Leprou, Dallas Stewart, nine horse field. It is not beyond the realm of possibility that this horse hits the superfecta, uh, especially if something silly happens up front. There's some nice looking races on the ledger, considering she ran a, a nice third to five night and second to Bonnie South. That said, she is up against it. Uh, she will be a big number. It is, again, the bottom of the Superfect is a possibility, but she's really not for me in this spot. But, of course, I always root for Julian Leprue and Dallas Stewart, so we'll see. Those connections are the only thing that this horse has going for it. The rest of it, not a chance. This horse <laughs> is 99 to 1, and I will not be placing a dime super with this horse <laughs> in there at all. Strong words. I, I like it. I will rest my peace. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to number three, Donna Veloce. Uh, rewind back to November at Santa Anita. This filly ran second in her second start as the favorite in Breeders' Cup Juvenile Philly. She was the hot horse mm -hmm. at that point. Uh, went on to finish second to a Baffert filly named Bast in the Starlet Stakes at Los Alamitos. And then she's only raced once this year. And that was a dominant four-and-a-half-length victory in the Santa Isabel Stakes going a mile on the 16th. And she beat Speech that day. She's been off since March 8th. She shows up here, trained by Simon Callahan, ridden by Ricardo Santana. She's 15-1 to 1 on the morning line. I, I tell you what, this is – people talk about King Guillermo off the layoff uh, in the Derby and chastising that. What, what do you do with Donna Velote here? The horse has a world of talent. But one start in a year, and you're going to try to win the Kentucky Oaks off six off six month break. Uh, it shows a lot of confidence. And they they gave eight hundred thousand for this horse, and she's not for me. Uh, again, bottom of the superfecta. They must think something about her to put her in this spot. But I, I cannot take a horse against these caliber fillies off a six month layoff. It's it's kind of unheard of. So she's going to have to prove it to me here. Yeah, Donna V, though, I am I am considering for my Superfecta. I love that, you know, she did have great form. You're right, it's been a long time ago, but she's been getting conditioned a long time as well. I don't know why they're waiting to, to put this horse here in this spot. Maybe a race or two would have been nice before, but um, this, is, this is kind of a danger play, if you ask me. And with Ricardo Santana, you know, that guy just doesn't give up. Um, it's kind of a shame that the horse hasn't run since Santa Anita. Uh, I, I don't know kind of the background behind that, but man, this horse had a lot of promise early on, which it's always hard to run as, as a two-year-old and still have a, a great three-year-old campaign. But I, I'm, I'm going off this work tab. This horse to me is dangerous. It's already kind of proven it can beat some top quality horses or be right there with them, even though it was months ago. I'm, I am going to take a shot. Now, you're right. If Donna does come in the placing, I, that means to me King Guillermo is live on Derby Day. But uh, <laughs> this, this horse is my B and definitely my underneath. Let's move to number four. This is Speech. It's the daughter of Mr. Speaker, trained by Mike McCarthy, ridden by Javier Castellano. She was last seen at Keeneland. Winning the Ashland Stakes, a grade one, going a mile on the 16th. She beat Venetian Harbor that day. Reports say that she's doing well in the mornings. And she's 5-1 to one on the morning line. Looks to have a big chance to pull the upset here in the Kentucky Oaks. 
But, Alan, what do you think? Oh, I'm torn here. I, I'm between two horses here, and this is one of them. And that race in the, in the Ashland impressed me. I thought that was a fantastic effort. That short stretch, mile 16th, the horse got right up on Venetia Harbor, wouldn't let her get away, and finished. horse finished strongly, like a mile and eighth. Will not be a problem. I think a lot of people can see a lot of those second place finishes and think she's a she's a perennial bridesmaid, but I don't believe that. I think this horse is very live and may sit the perfect trip if if uh, Gamine and Swiss Skydiver have a tendency to hook up too early, try to go eyeball to eyeball. This horse could be in the perfect spot. Um, it's it's splitting hairs for me between my. Top two picks, but speech is right there for me. I think this horse is a legit danger. And again, Michael McCarthy, as CeCe's mentioned on this broadcast a lot of times, is a very dangerous West Coast trainer. Alan, I'm with you on speech as well. A definite A horse. The Ashland really caught my eye and drew away from Venetian Harbor. I mean, that horse is super fast, uh, you know, and had a great effort at Saratoga last out, too. So I, I am big on speech here. Uh, I love I love that Javier's here and riding, so I, I think this is definitely the threat uh, to Swiss and Gamine. Number five is Gamine. Even money on Mike Battaglia's morning line. She's easily the most expensive filly in the field. She cost one point eight million dollars last year as a yearling. Uh, last seen, she dominated the Test Stakes, Grade One at Saratoga, going seven furlongs. Trained by Bob Baffert and will be ridden by Johnny Velasquez. And she's going to take a lot of money. But, Alan, is she a super filly? Again, this this uh, this the three superstars in this race. And Gamine, if you, the funny thing about Gamine, you look at her uh, past performances. She's ran four times. She's never been headed. She uh, it's, it's amazing. The horse gets lead out of the gate and has yet to be caught and has yet to be an eyeball. Speech almost got her at Oakland. Almost got her at Oakland, but the big question for Gamine in this spot is, can she get a mile and eighth? Because she's making the, she went the seven furlong test last time, which was a bit of a, a weird decision. But she won it so easily. Uh, I think it's gonna be she's gonna play come catch me, uh, see what Swiss Skydiver does. Does when she decides to engage her, that's gonna decide the race, I think. But man, the, the numbers with Gamine do not lie. This horse could be a super freak. We'll find out, but if, if she beats the Swiss skydivers and the speeches of the world, then I think she probably is, can legitimately be called a super freak. Yeah, I am uh, just, this horse is fast, fast, fast. We've talked about the horse on other podcasts. I, but I know that into mischief sires typically can't go distance. Am I right? I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's the biggest challenge here. Can it go the distance? And why on earth would they ever enter in a seven furlong race in Saratoga when Saratoga was loaded with mile, mile and a 16 for Phillies? So that's my only knock against Gamine. That's it. The connections, mm-hmm. everything else is you got A plus, you know, connections. It's proven this horse is there, but this is going to be the test of tests stretching out. I will say, just looking today, this track is going to fly compared to what it would be like in May uh, with a lot of water and things like that. I think we're going to be maybe dried out uh, because the weather's going to be so good, I believe. So uh, I, I'm, I'm looking at speech and Swiss to take the speed and to, and to really rally home. Uh, 
demean definitely underneath, but you know, you can't knock the horse. It's done everything right up into this point, but a seven furlong last race to me, she's been working pretty well. I see the tab, you know, handily going to six furlongs. They're just trying to get conditioner to go the distance. And I just think it's too late. Number six will be Byroness, the daughter of Breeders' Cup Classic winner Byron, trained by Sherry DeVoe, ridden by Rafael Bayarano. Last seen at the Indiana Oaks, where she finished third, about six and three-quarter lengths behind She Dares the Devil, who's also in the Oaks, and we'll get to her in just a second. Byroness is 50-1 to one on the morning line. Alan, any chance you're going to use this one? Yes, I will be using this one. This would be my... Uh... This will be my horse. I try to sneak into the superfect against all those uh, monsters. Um, we've seen this horse run several times. We saw this horse last year, CC, in the in the fall at Churchill, and she was very impressive as a as a two year old. Thought a lot could happen with this horse this year. She hasn't quite lived up to those expectations, but she will be coming from the back. Uh, she's run well here in the past. Uh, again, I don't think she's any threat whatsoever to win. But would it shock me if Rafael Bejarano, who's really good uh, slingshot and horses from the back, would it surprise me if, if she got up for fourth, maybe even third? No. Am I reaching? Yes, perhaps. But at 60, 70 to one, this horse will be on the bottom of my superfected tickets. It's, it's a it's a reach. But again, uh, there's only nine horses in the race and three maybe superstars. So somebody's got to fill out that superfecta, correct? Yeah, Baroness to me is... I mean, I, I w- I'd love to see a lot more early speed in this horse. I mean, she's only gone a mile and a 16th one time. Uh, I mean, she is supposed to be early speed, but with this field, there's just too much. Mm-hmm. And I just don't, I don't think she's going to be able to keep up. And I mean, she'll turn for home jogging because they're all going to be finished by that time. So I, I can't see it. Number seven, she dares the devil from the Brad Cox barn ridden by Florent Giroux. She's 20, 20 to 1 on the morning line. Last seen in the Indiana Oaks. She dominated that field, won by five. And prior to that, she won an allowance race at Churchill, won by six length that day. Looks like a filly on the move. Alan, what do you say? Yeah, she, she's on the move. I, I think the pace scenario might hurt her because I think she'd prefer to be a little bit closer and Gamine's liable to run off and maybe throw her style the way she likes to run out of whack. Uh, it's the second horse we have by Daredevil here. It's with Skydivers by Daredevil. Um, this one cost a lot more, but this horse looked really good in her young career. I I think in a different spot, she could make some noise. She's It's going to be hard, despite this horse's talent, to, to break the exact against these, uh, these big-time gals. But this horse is going to make a lot of money in her day. And I don't blame the connections for trying. Would not surprise me if she did hit the board. So, uh, but for the win end, I, I probably have to take a step back. Yeah, I, I got to see this horse work last Friday uh, at Churchill with some, a friend of mine. And I mean, and she looked great. So, and I was on the fourth floor. And when it was at a distance, but man, she just looked really full of herself and just like, you know, like a lot of people say on the muscle, but man, her coat looked great. She looked happy. You know, she jogged out super well, very fluid. I, I am playing this horse. I think Brad Cox comes to these days. He loves the home track. Uh, I think this horse has got a better shot than 
maybe what it looks like on paper. Alan, you're 100% right. You know, I don't want to see her try to hook up with the speed of speed in this race. Mm-hmm. I do need her to hang back and, and then let the race come to her if it's there to go the distance. I don't know anything about Daredevil, sire. Uh, maybe uh, CC can el- elaborate for us, but I'm using this horse as my third choice in my superfecta. Number eight is Hopeful Growth. Trained by Anthony Margata Jr., ridden by Manny Franco. She's 30 to 1 on the morning line. It's a daughter of Tapature out of a rock hard 10 mare, so distance should not be a problem. Last seen winning the Monmouth Oaks by four lengths after a ground saving trip. This is definitely a filly on the rise. Alan, are you going to use this one at all? Uh, probably not. I respect the improved effort last time they put blinkers on this horse and her second start going two turns and she really finished up. Um, you can see that late pace figure of 106. Uh, the horse responded to blinkers. I think that's why they got excited and thought they'd try the Kentucky Oaks. Um, someone has to get up there and get into the super. This one theoretically could, I'm still not sold coming from Monmouth, Delaware. And before that she was running in the, uh, short races at, at Monmouth in Tampa. Uh, I had a lot of respect for the horse. I think this horse is on the rise. I think this this spot's just a little too tough uh, for her, even though the blinkers did move this horse up quite a bit last time. Yeah, I don't know why they're taking blinkers off. Are they? I mean, I, yeah. I don't have that. Oh. They're not showing it to me. So it looks like both times when she did wear blinkers, she was very competitive. Yeah. And then, you know, they're taking it back off. So I, I don't understand that either. Maybe to try to slow her down, but she she sat right Danny on Franco. the pace last race. Yeah, he's fast, man. He likes being up front. Um, I, I, I this horse could fit in other races during this week at Churchill. I just don't see anything here. I'd love to say something positive, but they took the blinkers off, so I don't know. <laughs> the works don't look overly impressive anywhere. I mean, she just did you know race at Monmouth and and drew off. But uh, I just uh, I'll be interested just to see as a fan how she does. Last but not least, from the nine hole is Dream Marie, fifty to one on the morning line, trained by Matthew Williams, ridden by Joe Talamo. She was last seen finishing fourth behind the eight horse Hopeful Growth in the Monmouth Oaks. Prior to that, she finished a close second in the Delaware Oaks, going a mile and sixteenth. Guys, do we do we have any love for the despised outsider? <laughs> Uh, you know, my daughter's middle, the youngest daughter's middle name is Marie. Um, so there's got that going for her. I know the horse from Gulfstream. The horse, uh, from low profile connections, Matthew Williams and the jockey Richard Mitchell, they got on a little three, three race tear with this horse after coming out of Maiden Claiming Company down there and kept trying to move up the ladder and actually didn't perform badly in a couple of those spots. So it's, it's a good, uh, underdog story. Uh, that this horse is now running in the Kentucky Oaks after breaking her maiden for low-profile connections for 20000 at Gulfstream. That said, really tough spot. Uh, I'll be sitting back watching. Uh, it'd be nice for a mind that bird story if this horse were to win. I don't see it happening, so she won't be on my tickets. But again, I, I acknowledge what, what the work they've done with this horse. Yeah, I, I totally respect the work and everything, and this horse definitely gives a lot of effort. The horse really hasn't had any time off I mean, yeah. since October. So this horse has been in training for a very long time. Well, it looks to be doing well with the works and, and leading up to this race. 
I just I just don't see it. But they've they've tried to put her in a, some competitive spots, you, you know. So I I mean to to be able to claim this horse for twenty would have been a dream. Yeah. Um, and then be able to turn out some wins from that and having, you know, a decent lifetime record. But I think this horse needs a break. I mean, after this race for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's the field for the Oaks this year. Uh, let's talk about this race from a pace perspective. Looks like Gamine is destined to go to the lead. I think the the rider with the toughest task is Tyler Gaffleone on Swiss Skydiver because she wants to be forwardly placed. She breaks from the rail, and she might be the only runner that can actually put some pressure on Gamine early. I don't think she dares the devil wants to do that. If Tyler takes back, it's a good chance Gamine is gone. Guys, uh, how are you seeing the pace scenario set up here? It looks a little tricky to me. It does look a little tricky, you know, but, and I heard people concerned that, that Skydiver got the rail, but the way it plays out with the horses in the race, I think Amin's going to run off and, and Tyler's going to make every effort to get over out of the gate and try to get into that second spot ahead of Donna Veloce and she dares the devil. Probably even sit there if she had to, but ideally, I think they would want to be. Uh, about a length, length, probably about a length and a half back. You don't want to, you want to chase uh, the big dog Gamine too much, or you know, you want a tiring chasing her. So I think that's the danger. How does Tyler ration the speed early? How close does he get? How far does he sit back? I think that's the key to the race. And again, if they do hook up at some point, if he goes after her, that's when speech could come rolling and pass them both. So I think you'll, we'll know a lot about this race after the first, I don't know, eighth of a mile. Would you say? Yeah, I'd say it's six furlongs. If they run a 108, which Gamine could easily do, I think Gamine is not going to win. So, uh, I mean, if Gamine can be, you know, after today seeing six furlongs for 10,000 claimers, I was shocked at a 108 time. But, I mean, obviously they're sprinting and these guys are going a lot further. But, uh, I mean, if the track plays fast and they're running fast and they hook up, you know, it's interesting that speech is going to be in between uh, Swiss and Gamine. So I definitely think speech will pull back out of there when they when when they see that going on. And then maybe Donna or uh, she dares the devil will come late. But I mean, really, when you look at form, who's got the best late form is this hopeful growth uh, that I, I don't think will ever come in. But it, it could, you know, if Manny knows how to rate this horse and and get there in the finish, that'd be interesting to see who comes late. Maybe this horse takes another big stride forward uh, while trying to cover the, the distance of ground. But, yes, I, I'd like to see you know, Speech not go after Gamine, and then Swiss maybe st- you know stays in, in second. But I, I, if I see a 110 or a 111 on six furlongs and Gamine's in the lead, Gamine's gone. I agree. You won't touch, you won't touch I her. I agree. Okay, final Jeopardy, guys. I want you to give me your top selection and then maybe give me a wager that will make us some money on uh, on Oaks Day. Okay, but you're going to do it too, right? We got to have you in here too as well, right? Yeah, okay, okay. Fair enough. Um, I'll, again, I, as I've alluded to, um, I'm torn, but I'm going to make Swiss Skydiver my top selection and hope that she um, is able to track the mean in second who – May or may not be distance challenged. We'll see. But 
Uh, it's when Tyler says go and they go eyeball to eyeball. Maybe Swiss Scott ever can press away. Um, so Swiss Scott ever will be my top pick. And if you're going to give me, I'm assuming you're going to give me a $50 budget, a $50 imaginary budget. Is that correct, CC? Uh, yeah, let's do that. $50 imaginary budget. All right. Well, here's what I'm going to do then. I'm going to take um, a $2 Superfecta wheel. All right. Swiss skydiver, gummy, and speech in the one, two, three slot. All one, two, three. They got to come in one, two, three. And then I'm going to put bareness forward. That costs $12. So that's one four five with one four five with one four five with six. And then for a dollar, we're gonna put Bayerness in the third spot. One four five with one four five with Bayerness third with one four five. That's eighteen dollars total. Leaves me thirty-two dollars. I will take a twenty dollar exacta Swiss skydiver over speech. And then I will take a twelve dollar exacta speech. Over Swiss skydiver. Alan, I love it. That's awesome, man. I'm, I, I wrote all yours down. We're very similar. Yeah, but unfortunately, uh, Gamin's probably going by 10, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the only thing I'm playing against Gamin is distance. And, and maybe she fades that day and comes out just really hot. That's the only thing I can say that, that goes goes wrong. But so very similar with Alan. I'm, I'm uh, Swiss. Over over speech, then gamine, you know. So you're adding gamine in, in a uh, you know another ten cent superfecta, uh, and then roll those again for second. So it'll be se- second would be uh, Swiss. Gosh, it's probably easier just to say the numbers. But anyway, I, I like one five over one four five six seven, and then follow that through and add the three and third. Uh, Donald Veloce, uh, actually in the fourth hole. So I'm going to put that on our, our Facebook, but my, my horses are definitely Swiss, Donald Veloce, Speech, Gamine, and She Shares the Devil. And then you just kind of roll them from there. I don't think I can catch many prices, so I'm not going to try to go too elaborate. If, if I could just do a cold play, I would definitely have uh, Swiss up top, followed by speech, followed by Gamine, and then open up to She Shares the Devil fourth with uh, Donna Veloce. So I would just have those two in the bottom. All right. If it's up to me, I it, is. Take, it is. I'll take number four speech with a nod that Gamine might be a freak. And it may not may not matter what they do to her. She may just run off and leave them anyway. Uh, but the value play to me is speech at five to one. And I think she'll probably be close to that at post time. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to get speech in the first or second slot. I'm just going to play a trifecta. Uh, this is going to cost uh, about $30. I'm going to play speech, the four horse on top. So I'll need four with the one, three, five, seven, eight. And one of those five fillies has to come in second with the one, two, three, five, six, seven, and eight in the third slot. That's going to cost $30. And hopefully maybe we can get Gamine or Swiss Skydiver out of the, out of the top three. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to play another dollar trifecta. Four, that's speech. Four with one five, that's Gamine, Swiss Skydiver, with the one, two, three, five, six, seven, and eight. 
And then I'm going to play one more trifecta in case Speech finishes second underneath Gamine and Swiss Skydiver. So that's going to be a 1 5 with 4 with 1, 2, 3, 5, 6, 7, 8. The first bet's going to cost 30. Second bet is going to cost 12. And the third bet is going to cost 12. So that's $54. I'm over the budget. But I don't okay. care. And I did not use the nine at all because I don't think she fits here. But the others, have a, the others have a chance to maybe get part. So, all right. So that's our uh, Oaks selections for 2020. Uh, guys, uh, I always love the Oaks card. Usually a, a chance to make a big score at some point during the day. Uh, do you have any uh, any plays that you want to share with us or any horses that you want to keep an eye on on, on the Friday card? On the, on the Friday undercard, um, let's go to a potential single maybe in early in the day. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to play the pick four, but in race four, uh, I'm a big fan of Miss T2. However, I think the single in the early part of the pick four in, in race four is your old buddy, CC Ocean Breeze for Wayne Catalano at two to one on the morning line. This horse just ran a big second uh, to Monday call who freaked that day and loves Churchill Downs and chased the horse, did not lose any position while chasing a freak that day. So I think Ocean Breeze is probably sitting on a good effort here. So we, I would look at her in race four. Bit of a price horse. It may be, I mean, it's a long one. In race five, uh, maybe keep an eye on Dramatizer for Keith Sormo, the Exaggerator Baby, who got stuck on the rail at Ellis last time against a a really good horse for Stanley Huff named Inject. Uh, a lot of first-time starters in this race. Maybe this horse uh, can improve second time out since there's a lot of new faces in here. Don't know if the horse can win, but might be 40, 50 to 1, something to keep an eye on. So we'll look at uh, Ocean Breeze early in the car. And then for a, a crazy long shot, and it is a crazy long shot, dramatizer number nine in race five. Thank yeah, you, Brad. I'm having flashbacks though here, uh, just getting through the Oaks card of, uh, of just seeing how Swiss did so well, uh, you know, back at the, uh, gosh, at, at Saratoga. I mean, to see the Alabama going a mile and a quarter, I mean, is this horse like a monster? Cause it's been training all year long too. I, I just, I, I remember that race and how easy she won it by So. I'm, it's just going to be jogging my, my mind for a while. But uh, one thing I wanted to point out, I was out at the track and one of the clockers told me to be pay attention to Brett Calhoun runners all week. So he's got a good, he's got four entries on Friday, uh, race two, five, six, and 10. I've not really taken a, a, a big look at him, but, and you don't know how, how he's got them in position, but I, you know, I, I trust some of the clockers that I heard from. So just to note to our listener, Brett Calhoun could be live. Let's see how he does the, the rest of the week. Um, I did notice in just some of the maiden races early on, I definitely liked in race one, uh, Sovereign Appeal, number one, and I really liked Glamour Girl, number two. Uh, so those horses, you know, hopefully this Glamour Girl, Breaker Maiden, she's been trying off a lot, but uh, I still got quite a bit to go, but I, I, it's going to be an exciting week. I like to see how the rest of uh, these uh, other cards play out before I make my my picks for Friday. How about you, CC? Anything you like that day? I was going to mention in race two. You you mentioned inject earlier. Uh, the number seven horse in race two is Quick Money. Oh this, yeah. 
Yeah, I think they're high on this filly, this this outfit. Uh, she she outraced Inject early, and then, of course, Inject blew her, blew her doors off late. But this, she's making her second start, and she's 9-2 to two on the morning line. She gets Miguel Mena. I th- think she's going to be better second time out. But the problem is there's no telling who's in this race. I mean, there could yeah. be... There could be anything in here, but it, you've got to use this filly. I might, uh, I might single her. I may play two pick fours early on. I'll probably single quick money in one of them. Uh, and then later on, if we go to race number, well, race number nine. I don't think she'll win this race, but I'd just give a nod to Lucky Betty, number four. Yeah. Uh, she's uh, She made her turf debut at Ellis last time. She didn't beat anything. Let's, let's get that out there right now. She didn't, beat, she didn't beat anything in that spot. But she looked good doing it. And she's three for six lifetime. She's one on turf and dirt now. I think, you know, this might be the type of horse that can blow up your super factor. Maybe she can get third or fourth in there. And then finally, in race... Number ten, I would consider using Owendale in your exotics. I don't know if he can beat by my standards, but it might be worth trying to play against McKenzie, mm-hmm. who's come back. He's not the same McKenzie so far. Uh, that he ran in the Met Mile last time, and that race is has come back a little shaky. I don't know, but uh, maybe maybe some exacta boxes with Owendale with by my standards, and then you know. If you're going to go play pick fours, pick fives, just go three deep there. McKenzie, Owendale, and uh, by my standards, should get you through. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's all I've got. You guys, you got anything else you want to add before we sign off? Uh, one more quick one. In the, in the race after you just mentioned, race 11 with Monomoy Girl, who's going to be really tough to beat in there. Uh, keep an eye on Saracosa at 20 to 1. I think that horse can get in the superfecta, trifecta, superfecta, maybe make that race worth playing, even though Monomoy Girl's in there. So just keep an eye on that one. I remember when that horse was uh, with Brendan Walsh, too. So yeah. uh, I agree. And don't forget the final race of the day. If you can make it to 620 in the afternoon, sprinting on the on the turf, Willa Bled is back, number two. <laughs> there you so, go, Willa Bled. So one, of our, one of our fans on, on the old Twitter told me, so I had to look it up. Uh, that looks like a decent spot, uh, you know. It's, it's got, The horse is always on the pace. Good wire. Always up with, with Manny Franco up, too. Mm. Bingo. That could be a good combination. So I'm just giving out winners here, everybody. <laughs> All right. All right. That wraps up the uh, 2020 Kentucky Oaks seminar we're glad you listened to us and on behalf of alan schneider and brandon jaggers this is cc brought us saying gambling money ain't got no home